definitely face discrimination is such a loose word, um, like prejudice, if you will. I mean, I think people discriminate just based on human um, safety almost, you know, just based on instinct. It doesn't have to be personal. It doesn't have to be because I'm a certain color or nothing like that. I don't take it that personal. Um, I just think some people operate off of fear. And, you know, I have so many different varieties of people in my family, um, meaning from all different backgrounds in my real blood family. And so discrimination for me is different than, you know, somebody else will have discrimination may be for them. So I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me sometimes to identify discrimination in Milwaukee as well, because it's such just just such a it's just a way of life here. You know, it's just a way of life. I'm, I'm, I couldn't tell you how many times I had guns put on me by the police. Is that discrimination? Or is it something else? Like when police can just pull up on you, put their gun out the window and tell you to stop and get on the ground and you just walk into the store. Is that discrimination or is that terrorism? Is that something else? So I don't know. Discrimination is, that's a weird word. And I think that's another one of those words that we kind of use sometimes to skate around bigger problems, bigger issues. So discrimination, yes, I've, I've had um, a lot of different issues with discrimination and so have most of the young people that I work with. In my um, best wishes, I would wish that we could be honest and it wouldn't hurt us. You know, I would wish that we could have honest conversations and I could be wrong. I don't have to be right. I don't have to, everything I'm saying doesn't have to be valid today. We could have this interview three years from now and I could be like, what did I say? That was wild. But I mean, honestly, I think people should be able to express their thoughts and views and ideas without feeling like they're gonna be punished or penalized because of it. That's part of the problem. That's part of how terrorism works. That's part of how what makes terrorism a, a, a tool of the oppressor. That's part of it. They convolute truth and make you think if you tell it, you're going to be punished. If you say something about that, that everybody knows it exists, we're going to take your funding. So I think, you know, I appreciate being able to have honest conversations and I also uh, appreciate being that guy who's kind of getting known as calling out the, the the elephant in the room. I don't like being that guy all the time. It's not what I, I what else? What it's not what I show up for. But if no one else is gonna say it, I'm like, why am I there then? You know, why am I here? And why am I being asked to come to places and come to meetings and all this kind of stuff if I'm just supposed to sit there and not say anything or not tell the truth or not speak from my perspective and my experience and my reality? And again. My reality and perspective can change and it's grown over the years. I, I've grown over the years. But to that point, I think, you know, we have to be very careful um, how we present ourselves and how we, you know, carry our organizations and carry our missions. You know, I was in a, a meeting one time and um, they were they were talking. Somebody said the word, you know, white privilege. That's a that's the thing. And um, this lady across the room, she said, you mean white terrorism? And I was like, whoa. I never heard that. I never heard that as like the actual definition of white privilege actually is white. And I was like, whoa. And it was a room full of white people. And I was like, wow, that was that's really powerful because ultimately, um, if we want to talk about how we approach um, solutions and how we as a informed like population of young people, how we want to approach things, I think just identifying things as they are, it just helps you approach it. Um, and maybe that's not as clear for some people or whatever, but this is hip hop and hip hop is unapologetic and hip hop has called out terrorism since the beginning and hip hop has called out um, racism since the beginning. And so that's, that's not a problem for us or for me. 
I think the, the questions that are never asked have a lot to do with personal responsibility. So, and not just idealistic responsibility, but like immediate accountability. So I think, you know, I'm just a helper. So I don't think people are like instantly thinking of how to help the helpers because they just see the helpers helping. So sometimes, I, I don't know, when you ask the question, sometimes I just, in my mind, I often want to help people that I just see helping other people. And when I extend myself and I ask them, how can I help you? Or how can I support what you're doing or whatever? Or how can I help you take care of yourself while you helping these other people? That's one of the questions I sometimes would like for, to hear from people. Um, and not again, not in an idealistic way, but like right now, what can be done? Um, people like to applaud you. People like to cheer you on and pat you on the back and you know say that they were next to you while you were doing something amazing or awesome. But very, very, very rarely does someone ask me um, how they can help. I just don't, that's just not my experience. So I want to get used to that feeling. I want to get used to people wanting to help and being like overly helpful. If they see that something is happening, they see a necessity, they see a gap that's being filled, they see we're connecting other people, they see that there's potential for problems to be solved and lives to be changed. I mean, technically, you don't even have to ask. You just step up and do it, you know? So I don't know. Um, who do I write the check out to? I would like to hear that more often.